0: Welcome back to the All Know Homeschool Day podcast. Today, we are tackling a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I had a listener write in, and she said that a traditional homeschool plan doesn't work for us. What do I do instead? Well, that is one of the beauties of homeschooling, is that you can create a customized education for your child and for your family. You can make a plan that works just beautifully for you. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you some things that I keep in mind as I'm creating our homeschool plan so that I can make it work for us and really take advantage of the flexibility that homeschooling offers. So I want to start out by saying that there is no such thing as a traditional homeschool plan. Curriculum companies and so many people want us to believe that there is one way to do this and that everybody fits into a box and that you can follow the same plan. And even people who might tell you that, oh, homeschooling is beautiful and you can do what you want to do. Everything that comes out is written for 180 days or 36 weeks of school. And that just doesn't work for everybody. So the reality is every homeschool is unique. Every child needs something a little different to learn at their optimal best. Every family has a unique situation. Every family uses a slightly different school calendar, school schedule. It's not a one size fits all And that is one of the things that I love about homeschooling. And actually, that's one of the things that one of my students in the Homeschool Roadmap talked about was just that through the lessons that he was working through in the Homeschool Roadmap, he was able to create that customized plan. He was encouraged to know that it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all framework. But it is actually one of the big stumbling blocks. I t- I'll leave a link to a post where I'm talking about the three obstacles that you need to overcome to have a successful homeschool. And the second one of those obstacles is worrying that your homeschool looks different. It is so hard to be different from everybody else. It is so hard to know what to do, what to plan, how to structure your day. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. How do you deal with curriculum and schedules and everything else that will allow you the freedom to homeschool the way that you want and need to? So I I say this at the beginning of every episode that we talk about planning and things like this, check your state's requirements. You can go to HSLDA.org, and the Homeschool Legal Defense Association has all of the requirements listed by state that you can make sure you are following your state's requirements. I would encourage you that if you are not a member of HSLDA, that you join. They are so helpful to so many homeschool families. They have resources available on their website, and they provide a legal counsel if you should need it related to homeschooling. It is just a great organization uh, to support and to uh, support their lobbying efforts so that they can keep homeschooling legal for us and to minimize the restrictions. So anyway, you can check out the state re- your state's requirements at HSLDA.org. And then the next thing that I would do is to create a homeschool calendar that works for you. We've talked about this on the podcast before, and I will link to that episode and to a post that goes into great detail about how you can create a homeschool calendar that's just right for your homeschool. In brief, what I talked about on that episode is that a traditional school calendar does not work for my family. It never has. We actually travel quite a bit, and as a result getting in 36 weeks of school plus the traveling would be just way too much. It stressed me out trying to mimic what I saw other people do. Other families that were in our Charlotte Mason discussion group had three 12-week terms because that's what Charlotte Mason recommends. And if you don't travel, that can work really well. That's actually what we did this year because we had no travel because of the COVID restrictions. So this year that worked great. But Most years, I actually only plan 20 weeks of content, and those additional 16 weeks come from either field trips or trips that we take or other activities that my daughters engage in, such as outside classes or summer classes, but they are, we we still get in a required number of days, and we still have um, the amount of learning that we should be doing, but it's scheduled a little differently than what most people do. And so that means that I don't use curriculum the way that curriculum companies want me to use it. You need to remember that a curriculum is a tool. It should not be your master. You are not required to follow a curriculum exactly as written. You don't have to do all of the lessons. You don't even have to finish the book. And I know a number of you are probably cringing when I say that. And it took me a number of years to come to the the point that I could say it's okay to not finish this book. What is helpful to remember is that in a traditional school setting, they often consider a book or a subject complete when they finished 70 to 75% of the work. So if you finish 70% of the book, then they would be done. So I remember that. And what I do is I take the curriculum and I schedule what I think is most important for us. And that obviously depends on the subject and the ages of my children, but I will pull out the most important aspects and we'll skip some of the rest. As we were planning my high school daughter's history this year, we actually skipped some of the books that the, this curriculum had listed because she had already read them or we had already covered that aspect of the topic in previous years and we did not see a need to go into great detail in it, over it again. She's had an appropriate amount of work. She's had an appropriate amount of detail related to the topics. So it was fine for us to skip that. There was another year that we were reading a history textbook. And it was a, this is so weird to say this, but it was a living textbook. Any, if you have not checked out John Dreyer's books, you should so go check those out. They are written by someone who is passionate about history and they're a living textbook. He actually uses them in his college classrooms at Southern Nazarene University and they are phenomenal books. So we were reading one of those. It was actually a couple of years ago so my daughters were a little bit younger and the books are meaty, really deep there was no way we were going to finish that textbook in that year. So I looked at the table of contents and chose the chapters that would help us to understand the point that he wanted us to get and to understand uh, the complexity of the issue and to start diving into the issue, but knowing that we would not finish this textbook. So instead of scheduling so many chapters this week or scheduling that we read so many pages this week. I just set a timer. We sat down when it was history time and this was a a textbook that was a little above their reading and comprehension ability to read on their own. It was well above my younger daughters and so I read it out loud to both of them and then we narrated it and talked about it and we just I read for the amount of time that I had the timer set for, which meant that sometimes our progress was really slow because we would stop in the middle of a reading to allow them to narrate because it was so rich and so deep that I could not read for the whole time or they would not have been able to narrate. And so as they would narrate, we would sometimes get into really good discussions about what We were learning and the complexities and what they knew from other sources. And sometimes we would get through just a very short passage. This actually happened when we were reading Winston Churchill's books for world history also, that we would just set a timer and we'd read for a while and then we'd discuss it. And so there was no way that we would get through either of those books in that year. But I was using both of those books as a guide to direct our learning. I don't have to follow it very strictly. The other thing that I keep in mind whenever I'm looking at planning our homeschool year is all of the other stuff. So we think about needing to find a curriculum for history and math and science and English and all of these subjects when there's actually a lot of value in the other stuff. Things such as taking field trips, it could be locally, it could be in your state, it could be on a, a much farther away, such as whenever we take trips, We always have some activities that we count as their educational learning, whether it's going into the national parks or going to a museum, or we've taken um, tours of factories and just various places. And so those count as educational experiences. And it's not necessarily planned into a curriculum guide, but it is so valuable we have things such as outside classes. They've done teen pack. They've done summer camps through our local community college. Or my daughter will be doing one this coming school year, this coming summer through one of the local colleges designed for high school students. So anytime we have those activities, I I put that into our school plan because they are getting that learning. They are um benefiting and. That takes the place of learning that I would plan. I also have things such as volunteer opportunities. Volunteering and serving others, just developing that servant heart is so important to my husband and I. That is one of the values on our family mission statement. It's a value on our homeschool mission statement. And so we factor that in and work that into our homeschool schedule. Before the high school years, we had multiple years that Friday morning, a couple of times a month, was our service opportunity. We would go serve at a local food pantry. Friday morning was their restocking time, and so we'd work in the warehouse, and that counted as our school time. They were learning how to serve others. They were learning skills. I mean, life skills such as how to mop, how to empty a disgusting trash can that had been left overnight and to do it joyfully. They were learning so much and forming relationships with the others that we were serving with. And that counted as part of our school time. Now, Even in high school, there are times that students will take off from school to go serve with their extracurricular clubs and activities, and they count that. And so sometimes we will too. We've moved into a stage of where our volunteer opportunities look a little different and they're not taking place during our school morning hours right now. But, you know, even if they still were, we I would still be comfortable counting that because it is helping us accomplish our homeschool and family mission and goals and whenever you're looking at what you plan for your homeschool you need to to plan what is going to help you accomplish your goals other things that i look at are extracurricular activities and non-academic classes for example both of my daughters are involved in music lessons And they are involved in music at our church. They're both involved in the theater productions at our church. And so I can count that as part of our learning time. Sometimes we need to adjust our school schedule to accommodate that. For example, when they have a theater production coming up and it's tech week, they are busy. They're there every single night. Actually, as I'm recording this, they were there last week for a production and they had some pretty late nights because they were serving on the audiovisual team for an adult cast production. And so their their nights were a little later because since it wasn't a children's production, they could the adults were staying later. So we actually adjusted our school schedule to during that week so that we could start a little bit later and we removed some of the things they didn't need to do we kind of went back to a a basics list and the minimum amount that they needed to get done from an academic perspective because they had other learning and other opportunities going on that week that needed some of that time and attention there are other things that we have incorporated, such as life skills, like caring for ill relatives or uh, taking some time whenever we we moved. The girls helped me with that packing and sorting and reorganizing our library when we got settled. You might have a time that you have a new baby or that you're just going through a difficult season that you need to incorporate the learning that your children are doing as a result of that life situation into your homeschool plan. Think about what they're learning and what they're gaining and write that down. Don't write down, you can write down what they did, but also write down the value that your children got from it. You can also incorporate some special interests and project-based learning. That is an excellent way for them to develop life skills, for them to start assuming responsibility for their learning. Some examples of that have been when my daughter, who loves to sew and is also interested in nursing, researched nursing uniforms through the ages. And then she presented a report for it. She had a visual timeline of the different nursing uniforms, and then she sewed a World War II uniform for her American Girl doll. Uh, My other daughter really enjoys STEM aspects, and so she's spent time learning about circuits and electricity and electrical components. She has spent time learning about computers, and she's interested in cybersecurity right now. And so she's learning about code breaking. So as they are learning about these special interests, you can incorporate aspects of that into their school time. So you do not have to have a school plan that looks like everybody else's. You do not have to Go find a boxed curriculum and make that work for you. You have a lot of flexibility. What I always start with is looking at our homeschool goals and our mission statement. And I'll leave a link for you if you have not written your homeschool mission statement. That will help you to be confident, to know that what you are doing is helping you to meet your goals because you will have identified them. And as you work towards achieving your homeschool goals, you'll find that flexibility and that freedom. And I know it's it probably seems overwhelming and scary as you start that process, but The more that you do it, the more that you branch out, find one subject that you want to modify for this year and make it work for you. And as you become comfortable with that and gain confidence, you'll be able to do that for more aspects of your homeschool. That's what I did. I started out in the beginning by saying this aspect is not working and so I'm going to change this one aspect and Uh, make it work for us. And as that was working, I said, you know what, this other aspect's not working either. Let's tweak that until it works. And so now I approach our homeschool year and just say, okay, what do we want to accomplish this year? What are the goals? And how am I going to achieve that? And it has been very freeing for me to be able to approach homeschool planning from that perspective. I want to extend an invitation to you today to join a community of homeschool parents who are also trying to establish their homeschool with confidence and make it work for them and find that right balance for them. The Homeschool Roadmap is available all year long where you can learn about all aspects of establishing your homeschool from the habits that your children need to have, the atmosphere that you need to create in your homeschool, how to plan your year, how to evaluate their learning, and how to be the best homeschool teacher and facilitator that you can be. But today you have a special opportunity to join a group mentoring program. Through the summer, through the months of June, July, and August, we will be meeting twice a month to discuss any challenges you're having as you work through the homeschool roadmap and uh, any challenges you're having planning your homeschool year, and we will work through that together. I'll be leading this group and mentoring you as you establish your homeschool plan for the upcoming year so you get access to the homeschool roadmap as well as to the mentoring and the camaraderie of this group. So I will leave a link for you in the show notes of how you can join this special group. Enrollment is open this week. You can enroll through Friday at midnight, but enrollment is limited. I'm keeping the class sizes small so that you get the individualized attention that you need as you are working through this process. So don't delay and come join us. I hope that you have been encouraged by this episode to really embrace the flexibility that homeschooling provides and to look at it with maybe some new eyes to be able to see the possibilities of what you could do and provide for your children and your family. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.